Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb. We're grateful just to be back with you guys today. Um, as we get started, we do want to encourage you to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, all of the, the places you scroll, and uh, hopefully you found the audio version at your favorite podcast channel, Apple, Google, Spotify. Like, share our content, help us to, to grow this platform, grow our reach, and uh, man, thank you for, uh, you know, not abandoning us after last week as we railed against all of you. Yeah. The potheads. Yeah, all the potheads. So if you're, if you're smoking a J right now and you came back to see us this week, thank you for um, still being our friends. Hey, but if you are, it's only because you have a medicinal card because we shouldn't say yeah. it didn't pass. Yeah, it didn't pass. So. And I, I would personally, like, I think we should give ourselves a pat on the back because I feel like we were directly responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I was incredibly shocked as the numbers started coming through that... Um, so much of the, the, the state here in, in Oklahoma voted it down. Um, I had, I'd lost all faith in people. Oh, I did too. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, we're going to try. We're going to give it our best shot. But, you know, I'm I sure. I totally thought it was going to pass. Oh, yeah. It's uh, so, and I was just uh, uber <clears throat> surprised. I actually repented a little bit this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was like, it was one of those things like, God, I'm so, so sorry. I, I lacked faith in yep. your ability to move here and put all my stock in man. And, yeah. you know, you came through, Lord. So, well, to be fair, <laughs> this, you know, if you're listening to us outside of the, the local area, the, the past election where we actually voted for people, you know, um, we, we got this, we got just a hair away from electing a guy to our state government who thought he could like impact like federal laws and oh yeah doing all that stuff i was just yeah. like how did we the two guys that were most qualified for that position <laughs> didn't even make it to the the runoff election yeah. but the guy who thought he could like go build a wall along our, our yeah. southern border you know that's not in our state he's the one who made it through so so you know you can People can forgive us for having doubts about our ability to vote <laughs> the right way in certain situations. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, well, here we are today. And uh, part of this, I mean, we're sitting around. Um, this may surprise a lot of you, but, uh, you know, Caleb and I aren't always the most prepared people. And so, you know, we were. It's more but, surprising about me. I yeah, it really is. That's when people are shocked. They're like, really, yeah. Caleb? It's yeah. Not, yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> I wasn't today. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as we're setting up mics and, and getting ready, you know, it was one of those conversations, you know, what, what should we talk about? What, what should we do today? Um, so that's the level of preparedness that we have. But um, I think Caleb brought it up originally, and it was kind of something I was thinking about. Janelle and I um, were having a conversation kind of like, you know, what, what's next here, you know, with, with this vote or, you know, what's in this kind of tied into the topic. And so we want to talk about spiritual maturity today. Um, you know, as it relates to, to our life, to our recovery, but I mean, just in general, right? I mean, we, we should um, thrive to be spiritually mature. Right. Yeah, you know, and the, and the kind of the, my, like, so this seed kind of germinated in my brain on the way over to, to record because I was kind of thinking, we were thinking about, um, thinking about the vote in, in, in this last week because, you know, not only do we do this podcast, but we also, you know, mentioned it at church and on Monday night saying, hey, you know, this vote's coming up and we should, you know, the right thing here is to, to vote no on this because, you know, for a number of reasons, we laid, laid all those out last week. And um, as anticipated, you know, we, we got some some uh, pushback from people 
Which I always think is funny. It's like you guys realize you're outing yourselves as recreational marijuana users by arguing with us, right? You know, like, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, but the thing is, I was thinking about that, and it's like, you know, this is, well, it's also a sign of, of like, of lack of spiritual maturity in that when you get called out, because we, we are called, I know this is a totally foreign idea in our, in our secret sensitive church culture that we live in, that we've lived in for the past. 20 years, but there's this thing called church discipline where we're actually, you know, supposed to kind of keep each other in line and in check. Um, and that's kind of what this was, is that this was a, a, when we're talking about this recreational stuff, say, hey, listen, you know, if, if we've turned this thing into an idol, we're, we're, we're so obsessive that we just have to have access to it all the time. And we shouldn't be doing that. And so when, you know, somebody from the church platform says that, and you get offended, and then you want to make a deal out of it, it's like, that, that's a sign of um, kind of a lack of spiritual maturity, you know. If I was, you know, caught in adultery, and and you know, the pastor and church leaders or you know my friends or people that I trust, like you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And I'm yeah. like, well, why don't you talk about somebody else? Or you know, yeah. like that that's a sign of, of lack of spiritual maturity. So that's kind of where this this thought came. From. Why are you attacking me? Yeah, don't talk about my sins. Talk about everybody else's yeah. sins. You know, yeah. Moses said not to judge. Yeah, don't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matthew seven. That's the only. That's the only chapter in the Bible anybody, you know, knows. That's what. That's the limit of the spiritual maturity. And for those of you who don't know, that's the one where people get the, uh, you know, take the plank out of your own eye before you point out the speck in mine. Yeah, that's what. Even though, which is not a also, not to judge yeah. verse. It's deal with your own crap first, right? And then yeah, come deal with the crap of the people around it. Yeah, it's it's taken out of context. <laughs> anyway, if when you're they in use adultery, that, don't help somebody else get out of an adultery. Right. Know? Yeah. Exactly. Or don't call them out for it. Right. Right. And so, um, but yeah, so, but this is also, um, you know, in, in how it relates to recovery, this is something that people struggle with because you, you get back into, you know, maybe you, you decide <laughs> I'm going to try to try to get clean or you know, break free from whatever it is you're struggling with. And so you go, but then somebody starts telling you, hey, um, you know, I'm you know, we're always glad for people to come, right? And one of the things we always say here at church is that, you know, Jesus, uh, loves you how, as you are, but he loves you, also loves you enough to, to not want you to stay that way. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like we've lost the second half of that in our, in our church culture um, just overall is that we're just like, oh, we'll just love everybody as they are. And you just come as you are. And, and it's like, and then you can just stay that way. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not being submissive to the Lord, the Lordship of Jesus or, you know, living rightly or any of those kinds of things. Yeah, there's actually a scriptural basis. I mean, this will blow some of your minds. We should probably do a podcast on this. Um, I mean, there's, there's uh, areas of the Bible that talks about how Jesus hates the sinner, not the sin. No. The sinner. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, uh, and it hates those that do evil. Um, we should really just talk about it. I mean, sometime, not today, but I mean, just things, because we do fall into this, um, and it allows us to stay immature, because mm-hmm. we're, we, we're fed this crap um, from, from church leaders or people who just never, they never learned um, any better. I don't know what it is, just outright deceit from the enemy that, that somehow it's just okay just to, to stay how we are. Um, and when I think about spiritual maturity, one of the places um, that I'm always brought back to is, is 1 Corinthians. Um, and the reason being is this was a letter directed to the church of Corinth calling out their sin. 
church, mm. what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Paul was very direct with them. But in, in 1 Corinthians 3, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would um, to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. Now, again, this is, he's talking to church people. Right? This is a church he planted in Corinth. Um, I had to talk to you as if you belonged to the world. I had to feed you with milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you were controlled by your sinful nature. You were jealous of one another, quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you were controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? And so Paul's like, I mean, he's calling them out for, for the stuff going on in their life. And, and But the, the picture here is if... If he's feeding them milk now and there's this longing to, to, to feed them solid food, I mean, it speaks to the growth that not only does Paul expect in our lives, but Paul being, you know, an apostle of Christ, speaking to the growth that, that God expects to take place in our lives. That there is a time where people come into the church, I would say, and, and they come as they are. Um, so do we need, you know, the, the person that's in addiction um, and, and coming into the church, maybe not dressed the way we think they should dress or talking the way that we think they should talk? Do we need to attack every facet of their life as soon as they walk through the doors? No. No, we don't. Um, I mean, especially if they're not a believer. Um, uh, we, we don't deal with them the same as we would. But as they come into faith, as they profess a love for Jesus and everything, we, we begin to have these levels of accountability and take them through a process of sanctification. And similar to what you do with your, your, you know, your infant child, right? You don't feed a mistake starting off. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, they frown on that, you yeah. know? Don't, don't give them honey, you know? Their, their immune systems are all of those things. Avoid peanut butter, you know? We, <laughs> but uh, as, as, as they grow, then expectations grow of what they can handle, what they can digest. And the truth of the matter is, um, if you were to only give a child milk and, and that's the only thing you ever gave them, well, as they, as they grew physically, they would be malnourished. They would be sickly. They, the, the quality of life they would have wouldn't be, it wouldn't be okay, right? It wouldn't be right. They would never um, get to the peak that they were called to. The same is true for us as Christians. As we come in, if we only ever stay on the milk, we don't allow people to call us out on things or address the stuff in our lives personally, this, that, and the other, then, well, we, we grow as malnourished Christians. We grow malnourished in our recovery and we... Um, are knocked around easily by mistruths and, and lies and, and just deceit. And so we have, we have to grow and mature. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, what you're talking about that. I was thinking about, um, you know, I coach soccer. I coach my kids, you know, my, son, the, my daughter's soccer team, and I've coached them in basketball. And it's the same thing there. It's like if I have – so like this season, I have, I, have a, I have a handful of kids that have been with me for a number of seasons, and so they know how I like to, to play, and they understand positions a lot better. And then I've got <laughs> – a, a whole new slew of kids that were added to my team this year, which some haven't played at all. Some have played, but they haven't played with me. And so, you know, how I coach each of them are different. What I expect from them are different. You know, I, we practice and we, we scrimmage like the kids that have been with me. They know how to play their position. They, they're kind of a little bit more mature in their their understanding of soccer versus the, the new kids who just want to, well, there's the ball. I'm just going to go chase it. It's like, well, you can't just go do that because, you know, somebody has to play in this this spot and this spot and you can't just and so my expectations are a lot different for those kids but I you know and I and this is like Aaron was talking about I, I can't sit there and you know this kid hasn't played before well I can't sit there and just get mad at him or say well you can't get on this field until you understand you know how to throw the ball and how to kick this way and how to you know do these things um, you know my my teaching method with them is different you know it doesn't mean that they're off the team um, they just have to 
the, the expectations are different. And so having different expectations doesn't mean you're, you're cleared of your responsibility to, to grow in your faith, right? I mean, if this is, if this is what we're going to say we believe, if this is what we're going to base our eternity on, which is you know, a belief in Jesus Christ, that, you know, that's God's son. He came and died on the cross and was rose again. That, you know, he died for our sins. And through his, his death, we are um, uh, reconciled back to God. If that's, if that's what we're going to believe, and this is how we're going to, you know, like I said, we're going to give him lordship of our life, then we should probably do a little bit of studying and growing in our faith, right? Um, you know, and I, like I always say, you should at least, you know, spend, you know, half the time learning about your faith as you spend on your fantasy football team or you're, you know, following the, the NFL combine or whatever the ridiculous thing that we do. Um, like, our faith should at least occupy half, the, half that amount of time, so. I'd be, I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, if it just, like, occupied maybe 30 minutes of your time a day, that would be uh, significant. Well, let's, let's just <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, geez. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, uh, it is one of the, you know, as I came in, I wasn't raised in the church. And, um, and, and quite honestly, I mean, it's, it's less than a decade of, um, any type of investment or around a decade of investment for me in faith. And then really, I mean, just over half of that where I was like really bought in and pursuing it because that's where I landed. It's like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I mean, and, and we are talking about eternity here. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to know. And then it just amazes me too. Um, people will go to certain places of worship and they don't even understand the basic theology of what they're being taught and um, yeah. or anything. It's just uh, make some type of investment, but they can't tell me. They give me all, all sorts of statistics on, on professional teams. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I've fell victim to this for a long time, politics, I'd know all the things going on politically and um, wouldn't have any understanding biblically. And it's, uh, it's worth the time. It's worth the yeah. investment. You know, and that's, you know, and I think that's, that's the heart of the matter is I, people either don't understand the, the, the ramifications of the decision to become Christian or they don't fully, they, they're not willing to let it go. Like yeah. lordship, you know, that's the thing. It's like, okay, if, if again, if you're going to make that decision, that decision says I'm going to live my life in, in, in as close of an accordance. Now, because I, and, I, and I'm, I'm hedging there because none of us are perfect, yeah. right? But my goal is to always try to do better, to live more along the line that, you know, I'm always seeking out God's will. What do you, what do you want me to do with my life, God? What, you know, what career choices do you make? How do you want me to raise my kids? How do I need to treat my spouse? How do, you know, how, do I, how does my faith shape my view on politics? We've talked about that before. You know, you're talking about politics. There's so many people, especially nowadays, where it's like uh, my, my beliefs align with my politics. You know, if, if it comes down to should my belief go with my politics or my faith, they, they line up on politics. And that's absolutely 100% wrong, regardless of what your political affi- affiliation is. Because both parties are wrong in certain aspects. And if you're always siding with that over your faith, then... then that has lordship over your life, not not God, and so you have to orient your life around God. If that's what you said, you you know, if that's what the decision you've made. Like I said, I don't think people really understand that in a lot of cases because they just don't want to give it up. They don't want to give up ownership of their life. They want to always still hold on to those things. And I'm like I said, we're nobody's perfect, and we all have areas in our lives where we still try to hold on to, but. Some of us a little bit more so than others. Yeah, and, so. I, don't, and um, I want to point out, you know, we're not talking about being weird either. I, know I encounter people from time to time that are like overly right. 
everything and you know that it's just one of those things in my opinion like it's okay to like have a life and to, to live you know god did create the world for us um so right. you know it's it's okay to like not everything has to you know be directly related to ministry or to take a break sometime not you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You well, you, what you're talking about is you, we're supposed to be in the world, not of the world. Yeah. And so, you know, a perfect example is again, especially around here, like sports, college yeah. football. You know, if you're if your whole day, <laughs> and I used to, and, I'm, and I'll fess up, I used to be this way when I was in college, you know, and then shortly after, there was kind of a, a time where it's like I would watch because I went to Oklahoma State, so I'd watch Oklahoma State, and you know, you would think I would have been used to watching them lose, but. Um, <laughs> You know, they would lose, and like my whole day was ruined. Yeah. I was just angry about it. And it's like, why? Because these I don't know any of these people. I didn't play this sport. I just happened to pay, give this school money, yeah. you know, for a piece of paper. And, you know, and it, that I had to come to a moment where I was like, you know, why is this, this important to me? That's a problem. You know, that that's an idol, so to speak, of, of you, know, you know, now I, I still love to watch college football. I still do it. But it doesn't ruin my day, yeah. you know. If and so that's again, that's the balance between being in the world but not of the world. Where all these things, I'm, I can partake in movies or uh, you know culture and that stuff, but that doesn't shape me. It doesn't define me. It doesn't determine how I feel or what value I have on myself and those kinds of things. Yeah. Or being overly spiritual, you know, just like the weirdos that we've all encountered at some point. And right. Hey, you want to get together this weekend and walk up and down the street, you know, with signs, yeah. maybe a crucifix. Holler at people and yeah. tell them that they're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Repent. Or, you know, yeah. you try to be at the barbecue and, you know, they want to, man, I, I really feel like God's talking to me through this hamburger. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Does this look like Mary to you on yeah. this bun? And then, <laughs> it's like, hey, cool your jets here. Right. Well, that's, you know, again, that can be another, we, cause Christians will do that. They'll, they'll turn that into the idol. You know, I'm going to yeah. serve. I'm going to show up every time because I'm trying to show how holy I am and trying to make this because, and that's a, that's a sign of spiritual, lack of spiritual maturity and that you think that doing things, which is the whole basis of our faith is that there's nothing you can do no. to earn your earn your faith or make you a better Christian. And yet there's still people that pursue that. They're like, I'm going to show up to all the things and I'm going to always talk this way and I'm going to, you know, do all the, I'm going to get the, you know, whatever tattooed on my, you know, verse tattooed on my arms to show I'm extra holy or whatever. I mean, I'm just saying that you, any of these things, we're, we're idol making machines and we yeah. can, we can always turn something into, into that where it becomes the, the the most important thing to us so so let's talk about what is uh what is spiritual maturity yeah i, I don't know i mean it's just showing up to church once a week right that's right <laughs> and uh, making sure that you've got a bible yeah okay yeah next question yeah no, <laughs> <laughs> um and it's like anything you know when we look at being spiritually mature well i mean you go back to we're called to be disciples what is a disciple it's a disciplined follower um, of Jesus, and so when we look at maturity, it's it's somebody who's willing to um, look at truth and allow their life to be molded by said truth. Um, it's in immaturity, spiritual immaturity, that we try to mold our faith around our life, you know. And so, becoming spiritually mature, spiritual maturity is is knowing this is what's true, and whether I agree or not um, with with it. If if I'm if I've reconciled it's true, then this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I I mean, I'm sure there's probably some really nice church 
definition, definition yeah. of what spiritual maturity is. I didn't look it up, but you know, to me, I think it's you know, spiritual maturity is is what Aaron was talking about. I, it's um, I feel like it's a, it's a deep understanding of your faith, yeah. you know, and that and that covers kind of all the facets of your faith. Like again, like Aaron was talking about, so many people just show up to church, have no idea what you know. If if the guy from the, the speaking from the pulpit, if if he's telling them a bunch of nonsense, or because they don't know what they believe, you know, because they they couldn't be bothered to, to take yeah. the time to to figure the, that the out. Book so. of Jezekiah. Yeah. <laughs> the first, open your book to First Maccabee. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, or let's look at the uh, what was it? I'm trying to think of the uh, the um, oh the left out gospels, you know, the ones that came yeah. out like hundreds of years, like the gospel of Mary or whatever. And yeah. And if, if you just heard left out gospel and you don't know what he's talking about, you, you fall into the, the category of maybe you should know more about your faith. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you don't understand, yeah, you know, it's like, wait a minute, there's other gospels. Yeah. But they're, you know, there's, there's ones that, that are reliable. And then yeah. there's, there's ones that are written, you know, hundreds of years later where there's a talking cross that came out of the grave was, that was the gospel of uh, Peter, I think, which was written. 300 years after Jesus was, you know, yeah. life and, and his story, his, his resurrection story, like the stones rolled away and this, this cross, wooden cross comes out and starts speaking. It's a very interesting story. But anyway, it's not true. So, no. um, so yeah, so there, but, there, but yeah, I mean, like, you need to understand. So that guy, Joseph Smith, must have, like, got their gospel from the same angel. <laughs> Maybe. That's sad. Yeah, I don't know where the angel came from. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. Don't get me started. Um, so, but yeah, so, you, you know, reading that book that those guys are preaching from, that's a good start. You know, knowing those things, knowing what is it I believe? What is, what, what, why is Christianity different? Why, you know, what's different about the Bible and, and the Book of Mormon? What's, you know, well, I well, they're both Christians. No, they're not. Yeah. If you if you knew the difference, you would know that. And again, that's not me telling you that Mormons are awful people. Well, some, just, of, some of us should start just what is the good news? Like, yeah. what, what does, what is what is the gospel? I hear like, people saying this word, good news. What is yeah, that? What, what, <laughs> gospel gets thrown around a lot in church. Yeah. Maybe I should be able to define that. Yeah, and this Jesus guy, who's yeah. that? Um, yeah, so I mean, so knowing what you, you know, knowing what's in the Bible, right? Starting with the Gospels, that's what uniquely makes us Christians versus, you know, that's why we're not all still Jewish. Yep. I mean, um, that's a place to start. But uh, so like I said, you know, spiritual maturity is a deep understanding where you, okay, I know what I believe, you know, or I have a, an understanding of the Bible. Um, I understand why there's a difference between the Bible and other holy books and why Christianity is different than other religions. And, um, you know, and... and um, I have the maturity, the, the ability to, to take church discipline, to take criticism, you know, some constructive criticism, should I say, from other trusted spiritual leaders that I, you know, I believe in, a, you know, I, I know are, are wise, and I can, I can take them say, hey, you should, you should probably improve in this area of your life. Okay, I can, you know, without getting offended, and yeah. oh, I'm just leaving, I'm going to another church. They yeah. got better donuts at the Methodist <laughs> Church anyway. They got um, donuts there? I don't know. I haven't been there. But, well, I mean, you know, and then that's, that's the other thing. You know, there's so many denominations in the Protestant faith, and that's, that's something else we should know. Why, why is there a Protestant faith? Why is there a Protestant faith and a Catholic faith? Or I should say faith. A Protestant church and a Catholic church. And then why are there different denominations, you know, within the Protestant church? Because you need to know which ones are telling you the truth and which yeah. ones are, you know, 
aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It's, uh, and one of the great things about this, you know, the more personally that I've dug into things like this, the, the more it helps to, to affirm my faith and to sure it up and, and to help me to know just how, how deep it is, how true it is. Um, there's, a, there's a word that hopefully you know. If you don't, you guys should look into it. It's apologetics. Um, and it's not the art of apologizing. No, um, <laughs> that's good. I wouldn't be good at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's just an understanding of of our faith. What? How, did, how is it defensible even? Um, because what happens is in our immaturity, um, we, we face things that cause us to cringe as it should. That's, that's what Jesus should do. Jesus should offend you. Jesus should offend your lifestyle. Well, without apologetics, we, we face those things and then we begin to discount them because they must not be true and we cherry pick. But, you know, apologetics and, and a deep understanding, spiritual maturity helps us to know, oh, this is my immaturity here, which is why I find this to be offensible. Truth doesn't change. I need to. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into the next part, which is why why spiritual maturity is important. And that's kind of what Aaron was talking about right there. And that's, that's the main one is that, you know, people... Um, Sometimes Christianity gets sold to you as, you know, as, a, as this bill of goods that, hey, you believe in Jesus and then life's going to get good, you know, name it and claim it and prosperity and, you know, send us your seed money and we'll turn it into tenfold and God will bless you. And Which reminds me, we should get the seed money address up now. That's true. So, <laughs> yeah, please. send your money to and we'll, uh, we'll bless you. If you look now to the bottom of the screen. That's <laughs> right, call that 1-800 number. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, you know, uh, you get a bunch of TV evangelists on there saying, hey, you know, believe in Jesus and, and all he wants to do is bless you and, and, and all this stuff and your life will just be sunshine and rainbows. And uh, um, that's not the case. Yeah. You know, that's that's uh, actually things didn't turn out super well for Jesus' followers in the Bible. If yeah. Again, if you follow that and understand that, um, what, what we're our guaranteed is, is an eternity in heaven. Right. And and, um, and so what happens then is that the, the value of spiritual maturity is that why we live this life, that when when life hits us in the face, because it will, is that we don't give up on God just because we feel bad or something bad happens to us, because we have a deep understanding of what our faith means, the truth behind our faith. And um, and 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 we don't have this shallow faith that, again, we just walk away from uh, just because our feelings got hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we don't also, like we were joking about before, but it happens so much is that, you know, somebody said something to me because I, was, I wasn't doing the right thing at this church, and so I'm just going to quit and leave instead of taking, taking it for what it was, which was, you know, coaching or, a, you know, kind of an admonishment to do better as a Christian. And, um, you know, and here's the deal. If you leave that church and go to another church, they're going to be the same way, right? I mean, unless you go to a church where they just don't do that at all. But, um, <laughs> you know, you're going to go to a church and you're going to find out that people aren't perfect and you're going to get, well, you know, these people are doing this thing and I'm going to, I'm going to leave because it hurts my feelings or they said this to me and that hurts my feelings. Like it, That happens everywhere and it's going to happen everywhere. And you got to be, again, spiritually mature to understand that people are all broken and that people are going to mess up. And you're going to give them grace the same way that God gives you grace. And you're going to just grow from that situation. You should. That's what, that's what spiritual maturity is about. Yeah. Um, and it, it is one of those things, I mean, in our current culture, you know, we look for the feel good. Um, that's what we kind of chase around, you know. And, and, again, I mean, when you look at 
what God's calling us to do. I mean, you, get, you look at, you take up your cross and follow me. I mean, the cross was not a place of like pleasure. It wasn't a hood ornament. It wasn't none of those things. I mean, it was a place of, of torture. And, but now, you know, here we are 2,000 years later and my, my face shouldn't be uncomfortable. You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't make yeah. me cringe. It shouldn't, uh, why? Why not? I mean, that's, that's what it's called to. If my faith was, is comfortable, then why would I have ever changed personally? I mean, here I am, ten years later, a radically different person. If if I if and it's because that God called me to a different life, you know. But um, if I was just following my emotions, why well, would have left a long time ago? It was uncomfortable. I didn't want to do these things. I didn't want to serve people. I didn't want to like people. Um, I didn't want to do anything sacrificially, right? I was completely inwardly focused and selfish and. Um, you know, all of those things, that's what my emotions led me to. And, and it's what most of your emotions lead you to as well. I mean, there's a, this whole lie out here that somehow there's even good people in the world. We won't even get to that right now. But, <laughs> um, but it's, uh, that's what we do. We, we follow an emotional experience. We, we follow um, the next emotional high. And, and that's what we're looking for. You know, Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? That doesn't sound like something you want to follow, especially in terms of eternity. So I'm going to follow my heart um, to look what, what's real and what's forever, um, the deceitful thing that's desperately sick. You know, Matthew 15, 19, it says, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Um, it's kind of following these things that, that leads to this off-brand of Christianity that um, we see a rise in it right now, but it's not even a new thing. I mean, it's uh, things that the church has been dealing with from the beginning. Even when we go back to uh, Corinthians, um, mm-hmm. you know, that letter, they were dealing with um, some type of heretical teaching there where this level of sexual morality was okay and nobody in the church was addressing it. Well, and that came out of following hearts, following emotions instead of following Jesus. Jesus doesn't call you to follow your heart or your emotion. He tells you to take up your cross which is meant to be uncomfortable, and make him Lord, follow him. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you were talking about that. The, the early church, you know, sometimes kind of one of the, the trendy things now is to talk about, you know, in, in, the, in the Christian world is to talk about the, uh, you know, we just need to get back to the, the early church. We need to, you know, where we, we just, you know, commune together and live, to, you know, yeah. and support each other and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't think we today's culture really wants to live in the, the early church like no. like the early church did because and those guys uh, they weren't messing around no. you know because not only were they um you know paul was reaching all these the the um oh my gosh what's the word for not, not jewish gentile gentile <laughs> Man. I'm embarrassed for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I good. I need extra investment <laughs> for that. All the gen, you know, Paul was the first one to, to really reach out to to the Gentiles, which were the non-Jewish people, and and they had all sorts of different cultures and, and habits and rituals and things like that. And so, like in the Corinthian church, they they kind of struggled to to break those habits. But then also within the Jewish church, as those people started to convert, um, they were also kind of infiltrated by, you know, the, the Jewish leaders and the Gnostics, which was a different sect of. Um, uh, different faith in, and man, they were just kicking people out left and right. Um, and not only that, there was a the story in um, it's an Acts where you know that husband and wife lied about like oh, the yeah. tithe and like oh well they just got smote yeah. on the <laughs> on the on the spot. So um, I don't think we want to live to that first. Yeah, church that's standard. a crazy story too. I mean, you think about that. This guy dies like Holy Spirit takes his life because he lied. They drag him out of the tent and then bring his wife in. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do you want to tell us a straight story? Where, I just imagine her in there like, where, where, where's my husband? Yeah. Don't worry about him. Worry we have a question that. for you. Yeah. <laughs> just one. Yeah. And that was the last one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we, um, uh, man, I don't even know how we got off on that. But uh, I don't know either. Um, but yeah. Oh, I was just talking about how, you know, kind of we, we've missed the, the boat on this where, where we're like, oh, we want to live like the first, the, the first church. Like, uh, I don't know if we're ready to take that, that step just yet. But that also does lead us to the next reason why it's important. And we talked about this a little bit earlier is that it's important to be spiritually mature because you need to know um, Christian faith is, well, it's not, it's not new that it's under attack, but it's under attack uh, in a new, I mean, like, it seems like it's coming from, from all sides. Repackaged. Lives. Right. I mean, we're always attacked, under attack from the the world because that's the the domain of Satan. Yeah. You know, and, and and Satan has no no greater desire than to see the the Christian church fail. But like we're talking with the early church, our church is getting the 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 big C church is getting infiltrated by um, people that are uh, quote unquote deconstructing the faith. Yeah. Progressive Christianity, where we're um, we've talked about this a lot. Where what we what we want to do is we want to take all the parts we don't like, and say, well, we're you know that's we we make up reasons why those aren't that's not true, and because it it makes us uncomfortable. And and we, we try to take you know just the love part. Jesus loves everybody, and that's all we got to do. Well, it's not. You haven't read all of the gospel. And, yeah. You know, I don't know who gave these people authority to decide. Well, I'm going to take this part and keep it, but we're going to get rid of this part. Um, because we don't like it, it makes us uncomfortable, and it has hard truths. It, you know, these, this part that says we can't just live our life the way we want to. Well, that's not giving lordship to Jesus. If you're like, well, I'm going to hold on to these things that I still like to do. You know, if God really affirms those things. You know, that when it says here in the Bible that He doesn't, well, that was for then. That's not for now. Um, there's a lot of BS coming from these progressive, progressive, pro, progressive Christian leaders. And you got to be able to test that against the scriptures and know that's that's not true. Yeah, I mean, and it is. Kind of have this thought, you know. We call you know God's word alive and powerful, which it is. Um, and but it's not evolving. And sometimes people even take that. Well, the word of God is alive, as if it's meant to um, transform, grow, and evolve to current culture. That's alive in the fact that it's it's relevant today just as relevant as it was 2,000 years ago. It's, it's not dying, right? It's alive and powerful in that sense. It's not meant to be something that, that we amend, right? It's not, it's not a document by man. Um, but again, we, we have these deceits, um, this onslaught of, um, you know, if, if this part makes you uncomfortable, then it's, it's okay to twist it. And, and a lot of this happens because, one, people don't understand where our Bible came from. Like, what is the Bible? Where did it come from? Who wrote it? How has it inspired any of those things? And so if you're not firm in that, then somebody can come alongside with something that looks really nice and convince you of it and convince you that, okay, well, I guess this area of my life, um, this is making me uncomfortable, so I'll just kind of ignore that um, because you, you haven't allowed the significance of what you hold in your hand to really settle in. It's, it's why it's so important, again, to, to go back and, and to know the, the beginning, uh, to know church history, to, to know uh, a lot of these lies, again, that are coming out today, they, they've been there. It's not new. No. It's none of it's new. Um, what is it? Uh, sitting in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new. Nothing new in the sun, sun. yeah. Um, <laughs> and 
so if you've if you've educated yourself, then you're you're able to stand against these things um, more adequately, right? Mm-hmm. And and to not be tossed around. And and again, just so much. I mean, I see people in the church, and we're all guilty of of doing the wrong thing and not walking it out perfectly. But that make excuses, outright excuses for just ignoring what God wants them to do. And then at the same time, they call them Christian. But in order to be a Christian, you, you're you supposed to recognize Jesus as an authority, right, as Lord. And so I just don't understand that that line of thinking. I don't I don't know how we've how we've got here in, in the church currently where you're saying that he's Lord. I mean, we know that God's word um, is is God's word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is Lord. And so all of these things equal. I'll pay attention to what I want to. What? Yeah. yeah. No, this part makes me uncomfortable, so I don't want to do that. But that should, because again, we're called to be uh, in the world, not of the world, in that, you know, our, our, our life should be set apart. It should be different than people who don't believe in Jesus Christ, because we're, we're living a different belief system, a different spiritual system, um, a different faith. Even if, you know, even an atheist has a faith and a worldview, and, and you know, it's, it's self-constructed. But, um, we, we should be set apart. We should be different. And so those things that make us uncomfortable, that push against the, the cultural norm, are the things that make us different. I mean, and so, uh, so instead of trying to abandon those things, we should embrace those things. Um, you know, sh- sh- we should have standards in our morality. We should take stands against, you know, a bill that's going to legalize you know, drug use. We're, yeah. we, you know, we don't do it out of a place of hate. We're not hateful to people. We don't call them a bunch of names. I know we jokingly call people names, but you know, I, that's just because we're uh, irreverent. I guess <laughs> would be. But you know, we don't say those things out of a place of hate. We don't hate people that that you know do those things. You know, again, in recovery, we we deal with people all the time that are doing drugs and alcohol, actively doing drugs and alcohol. We don't hate any of those people. We we love we love those people. We want to see them get better and do better. And even when they mess up and, and fall back into it, we still don't hate those people um, because Christ calls us to love those people. But loving those people is doing the right thing and, and challenging them to do better. That is part of loving those people. And so, and, and that's an uncomfortable conversation to have. You know, and it would be so much easier to just be like, well, if that's what you're going to do, then you know, we, we're still going to love on you. No, I mean the good, the right thing to do is have that conversation. Hey, man, you got to stop doing this, and you need to do these things to make yourself uncomfortable to stop doing those things. Um, so we shouldn't push away from that stuff that makes us uncomfortable. We should. That's that's where God's calling us to set us apart. That's how we 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 are. Um, uh, you know, in the gospel, Jesus says, uh, you know, what's the use of salt if it loses its saltiness? Right? If we're not any different, then what what's the use of us? Right? Yeah. Um, that's part of why church attendance has declined because people show up to churches nowadays and they're like, well, you guys aren't saying anything that's different than what the culture is telling yeah. me. So why do I need to give up an hour on my Sunday to come to your church when I can sit at home and hear the same thing? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, and this talking about how, well, again, why spiritual maturity is important, um, you know, because it, then it means our faith isn't dependent on our emotions and that you also know what's true and not true. It reminds me of um, this kind of, we've seen this rash of, uh, and I think I've talked about it before, but where I'll see a headline, usually it's from like, you know, Christianity Today or something. It's like popular Christian artist, you know, walks away from the faith or oh, whatever, yeah. and, 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 or Christian author 
walks away from the faith. And then I, so I go look at it and it's like, you know, so-and-so, and and I've never heard of these people too, which I think is funny. Um, (laughs) Like they're not that popular. I mean, not that I follow that stuff really closely, but you know, but they're like, well, in in an Instagram post, he outlines his reasons for walking away. So I go read this Instagram post and it's like you were talking about this. They think they they're onto something here. Well, there was a lot of tough questions that I just couldn't find the answer to. Like, why does a good God allow bad things to happen? And you're just like, are you serious? You think you're the first person <laughs> to come up with that question, and you think there's no no discussion about that yeah. anywhere in the history yeah. of the 2,000 years of, of Christianity. That's the arrogance of this generation, where yeah. it's just like, what are you talking about? But again, that's that that stuff, and, and every single one of them follow that. Every single one I have seen in the past 10 years, where it's like, well, this you know the lead singer for uh, Hawk Nelson, I think he did that not too long ago. He walked away. From, it's the same thing, and it's like. That that is the epitome of lack of spiritual maturity. It's yeah. like you couldn't be bothered to look up because there's there's just a plethora of books and discussion and church teaching on all these sorts of topics. These these tough questions they couldn't find answers to. It's like because you couldn't be bothered to look them up. Yeah. Anyway, so how do we develop spiritual maturity? Yeah, a lot of this. Listen you to know, this podcast. Yeah, that's, well, a, that's step one. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> one of Kayla's favorite things that I do is when I jump ahead a lot. And uh, I definitely jumped ahead a lot you on did. this one. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to point it out, though, because I'm spiritually mature. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, basically, yeah, just listen to this podcast. If you have questions about what you need to do, we would love just to tell you directly. We could write step-by-step instructions for you. Um, or we just uh, hand you your Bible, um, yeah. and you could read it. And yeah. God already step, did that. Step one, <laughs> read the Bible. Right? That's what makes us Christians. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, start... Yeah, somebody might call out. We know that's not actually what makes us Christians, just in case you're that person. Well, yes. I mean, <laughs> um, our understanding of what to do to make ourselves yeah. Christians is in the Bible. So, you know, start with the Gospels. Yeah. That's a good place to start. And if you want us to even be more granular, you can start with Mark. That's the shortest one. Um, you can do Mark and then, then move out from there. If it's, but, but, yeah, obviously... Like we talked about, you got to know what's in the book, yeah. you know, um, the all of it. You can't just ch- pick and choose. I mean, nobody wants to read Leviticus. I get it, but yeah. uh, or numbers, <laughs> you know. But uh, that's and you should know it. You should know it. There's reasons, and there's a whole reason why that's all in there. Um, the Bible is incredibly unique in that from other holy books. And, and again, I'm not going to go into all that because I could. We could do a whole. I could do a series on 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 apologetic kind of stuff. So. Um, so read your Bible, right? If you're not doing that, some capacity, do it. Uh, next thing, start to understand church history. We talked about that a little bit, but understand why, why we, you know, why there's what, what's the difference between what the, the Protestant church, the Catholic church, what is the Catholic church? Where did that come from? What's the Protestant church? Why is that here? Um, why are there all these stinking denominations? What is? Yeah. Why does Aaron always call the Catholic Church a cult? <laughs> yeah, was, you can find out. I'm trying to blow through those Catholic because I know Aaron's going to take it there. But but since he's talking about his favorite one, why aren't the Mormons Christians? That's yeah. a good thing to understand. Get a why. But I mean, again, that that comes from a fundamental lack of understanding of what the Bible says and what Christianity is and what. Yeah. what the Mormon faith is and what their, you know, what their book is and their history is. And that you need to understand that. I'm not saying we need to go take 
comparative world religions in college and write a thesis paper about it. But you need to understand the basic tenets, you know, yeah. like what's the difference? Why, you know, uh, our, our, the Christian, Christian faith is, is birthed out of the Jewish faith. Well, what, where'd that come from? What is yeah. that? Why is that different? Um, understand those things. Understand how we got to where we're at. Um, you know, and, and, and it's, um, you know, again, I don't need you, you don't need to go read you know, Josephus's history of the Jewish people or any of those kind of things, but understanding those kind of the temples of the history, I mean, not only is it enlightening, it's it's amazing. Yeah. And that you see God's hand throughout time guiding and allowing the church to survive and to thrive and to impact history. I mean, Jesus is, is the basis for how time is measured in our world. I mean, like, that's an amazing thing. You know, somebody who existed on our earth for three years that's, it's an amazing thing, and, and there's a lot of things to really, like said, to, to be in awe of in history uh, as you follow where the church came from and, and, and how it did what it has done. Um, so that's, that's what I, I would tell you. Just get a basic understanding of church history. And then the last thing, which Aaron jumped ahead way long ago. Yeah, they uh, probably forgot by <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, probably though. forgot. But, a, but what we call apologetics. Apologetics is uh, what the Greek is apologia which is just understanding what you, you know why you believe what you believe and that's yeah. comes from was it first peter uh always be prepared to give a, a defense or a explanation of, of the hope that lies within you yeah. and so apologetics is understanding kind of what we talked about already but you know the history of the bible the historical evidence for jesus the historical evidence for the resurrection um the historical evidence of the bible uh, you know what happened after you know what happened with the disciples what is the what it, what do uh, what do we believe about creation what's the philosophical defense for christianity i mean there's all sorts of different things and there's a ton of resources out there that you can you can delve into um but having an understanding or a knowing of why you believe what you believe is so much more important than having an emotional connection because again emotions come and go but knowing why you believe what you believe that's always going to be that's always going to be there. Understanding the truth of something is is always going to kind of moor you to something stable when, when again, life hits you in the face. Yeah. You know, with apologetics, it is so important, again, to be able to defend your beliefs because um, you, you're going you're gonna to face opposition <laughs> at um, some point, if not at every other turn. Um, and so being able to defend it, and I will say this about apologetics, it's uh, it doesn't have to be incredibly difficult there's very digestible material out there when mm -hmm. it comes to apologetics or you can you know you can go all the way back to early church fathers and 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 read some very mind-numbing um, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. stuff if you're into things like caleb is uh, no. <laughs> yeah yeah read uh, i'm somewhere in between both of those but um you can, i mean it's kind of whatever level of um research you want to do and uh, here's the thing i mean You'll, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed about how, how much evidence there is um, for the things that you believe versus um, the, the argument on the other side. Um, our faith is incredibly defensible. And again, as you've you know, gone through these arguments, you've learned these things, then the weight of it hits you differently. And it's like, oh, I mean, when you really begin to just ring in your heart, I mean, this is, this is true. Like, God, God sent his son in a, in a body and he's he's done all of these things and and like so when the the, the weight of all that man just hits you then you know those uncomfortable parts become a lot less uncomfortable in the sense of all right i'll, I'll do this 
why would I not do this? If this is what God's done for me, why would I not? And that's why it's so important. Again, uh, know what you believe. Know why you believe it. Um, be prepared to defend it um, because you're, you're going to question it. That's what we do. We question things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, you do. And like I said, you're going to face hurt and loss. And, and um, you know, we were just talking about uh, a friend of mine that um, lost his uh, oldest daughter right around Christmas this year uh, to a fentanyl overdose. And um, he, throughout this process, you know, the grieving and, and uh, I mean, amazing, amazing held on to his faith as far as like, I mean, the, his example and um, how him and his wife navig has navigated through the portion they have navigated. I'm not going to say it's like it's over because it's definitely not. But um, how they have done that has been such a huge example you know, uh, I mean, it's such a contrast to like the example I was talking about earlier, you know, these Christian, so-called so Christian influencers who couldn't be bothered to look up, you know, an answer. And they didn't even have anything bad happen to them. They yeah. just, you know, oh, I just couldn't reconcile this was because you lack brain power, I guess, versus these people who actually s suffered incredible loss. I can't imagine um, that that kind of loss and have held on to their faith instead of walked through and that's how they that's how they have navigated through that and that's because they have a deep understanding they have an incredible amount of spiritual maturity and they uh in their and um use that to help them navigate or to continue to navigate through the situation that they're going through so um it, it is incredibly important that you do have that understanding um you know we should talk about in apologetics too um you know, when we're talking about defending your faith, that you know, you don't learn apologetics so you can go argue against the, you know, to the atheists or whatever. Because um, th there's a axiom I like to live by, and I don't know who said it, so I'll take credit for it. But you can't ever reason somebody out of a position they they didn't reason themselves into. Yeah. And so you're not going to argue somebody into Christianity. So apologetics is for you. It's not for you to go argue somebody else into Christianity. Yeah. So. Um, you know, if you think you're going to get that coworker, by if I had to go learn some things, I can stick it to him. That's not going to work. So, um, <laughs> probably, be, you know, actually, you know, loving on him and, and showing him a life uh, that reflects Jesus is, is a better witness than trying to bash him over the head with with knowledge and facts. No, no, I'll just keep telling my Christian. I'll sleep around and get drunk all the time. And that's right. Yeah, <laughs> so you come to church with me. Yeah. <laughs> I know I don't live anywhere different than you do, but you should believe let, in let my God. You, yeah, let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you about my God. <laughs> no bearing on my life whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, all right. On that anyway, note. Yeah. Um, and uh, hopefully that uh, hopefully this does motivate you. I mean, towards some um, research. I mean, no matter where I don't you're know at. If we ever motivate anybody. Yeah. To <laughs> uh, we should endeavor to move forward. Yeah. You know, I always say this to people. Um, there's no there's no neutral when it comes to our faith. Um, you're either growing or, or you're, you're dying. And so make sure you continue to move forward. Um, but we are grateful for you guys just being with us today. And uh, if you've got any questions, concerns, you can reach out to the church office here at 918-283-2221. Uh, you can email us at info at cedarpoint.church. And again, be sure to check us out on social media, like, share our content, help us to grow this platform. Uh, but we do, we love you guys. We appreciate you being with us and we'll see you right back here next week.